the Lesbigay. Where I'm the Les. And I'm the gay. And today we're talking about theater. Woo! I think it's fascinating that it took us 26 episodes to talk about the thing we're majoring in. LOL, that's so true. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, of anything that we're qualified to talk about, it should be the thing that we got our bachelors in, right? Yes, our BFA. Yes, um, we will be graduating with our BFAs um, in literally like less than a less month. than a month. Holy so shit. we thought it was about time to do an episode on theater, the things we love about it, the things we don't love about it, and the gay experience and the within gays, it. Especially is gay. a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are theater people. Not all of them, obviously, but like you know, our direct community listens to it. Oh yeah. So like, yeah. so like, if you're listening. Uh, buckle up. <laughs> well, that's a good a good point, though, because it seems to me that a lot of queer people love theater. Yeah. And theater is sort point. of a safe space for queer people. And I think that starts in high school. Yes. I think that's because that's like the club. It's artsy, and that's a space where queer people feel accepted yeah. more. And I wonder, why do you think that is? I, think... I honestly don't know. I think because, well, okay, 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 multiple thoughts. But I think part of it has to do with, well, one, it's a community. It tends to be a liberal community, right? So there's Mm -hmm. that. But also, I think that in theater, you know, in acting specifically, Mm -hmm. we're putting on these characters and we're trying on these different identities. And so when you're in high school, especially, or even if you're in a space where you're not able to be yourself or to be out and queer, that then this becomes a space where you can try on these different personas yeah. and be praised for it and be celebrated for it instead of being put down for who you actually are, like you are in your normal life. Right. It's very funny because, I mean, we'll talk about how I looked back in high school theater and all the toxic parts about it, but it is funny that I felt so a part of a community and welcomed in high school. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm fighting for my identity now. I know. Well, I feel like now that's it's professional. I was going to say back to the point that I made. Yeah. Because I just had the thought, too, that it kind of reminds me. And, of course, these are two different art forms. But it reminds me in the sense of, like, ball culture. Mm. Because ball culture was, you know, born out of this need for survival and for community. Right. And then in ballroom, there's the different categories. And so then it's mm. literally, like, these people putting on these different yeah. personas that because like they're not able to do that in their real life right very right and so then it's like you know high school theater is baby balls no first of all that's oversimplifying ballroom it was a joke Uh, (laughs) but i i think that that is a similar thing it's like a need for escape and i think as queer people especially if we're not in good environments we need escape and community and it's so funny too that again just talking about theater as like the club in high school and the activity that it was like a group of a lot of kids that needed a space. And then it was like also sometimes kind of harped on because it wasn't a sport. And that's like the narrative in high school is that like you put all the money into the football field and not into a new stage, which I know. Am I still upset about? Yes. Well, right. And that, I mean, yeah, that happens everywhere. We should fund theater and arts classes more. But I find that very interesting too, is that acting in high school is kind of looked on as this group of weird people. But then like when everyone goes home and watches Netflix, they act as if it's different. Yes, but that's so true because I think about the people that I did theater with in high school. Not a lot of people from my high school actually went on to pursue theater or to go and like major in a theater degree. Yeah, like I was one of the first. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so 
a lot of the people that I did theater with were people who it wasn't like the draw wasn't that they wanted to act. The right. draw was that they wanted to have this space and they liked the community and they yeah. had friends, you know? And so it wasn't like a bunch of people who were super serious about acting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it kind of was a group of misfits. Yeah. And I think that's why I liked theater too. Also in the sense that theater gives you that sort of instant validation when people literally clap for you and like yes. when you get these roles and people congratulate you on getting these roles. <laughs> Actors are narcissists. Well, they are. Well, especially so young, especially a group of really insecure people. Like, mm-hmm. again, um, queer people, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> and hence, yeah. So maybe that's why we, we find each other. We were talking about that when Liam was on here. Here. It was about marching band, though, where it was like, it's funny how we all just inevitably found each other and then came out years later. Yes, like, you know? <laughs> no, it's very, very true. Um, this reminds me, too, I also did speech team in high school, oh. and boy, was I into it. I was team captain two years in a row. That's... I got third place at state. Yeah. Um, and I did really, really queer, <laughs> really, really <laughs> queer poetry. Um, That's amazing but... how much you loved being queer and high school i definitely was like it's not a giant part of my identity. oh no we i was like i am a dyke <laughs> <laughs> i was like look at my ties it's fascinating me like gelling yeah. my hair wearing a three-piece suit to my speech meets talking li- about my gender expression and right. poetry um but i had my one speech coach would always say um there are some kids that are really good at speech and there are some kids that speech is really good for. Oh, that makes right? sense. And I think theater is the same way, high school theater specifically, where yeah. like there's some people that are just like really good at it and they do it because they're good at it or want to be good at it. Yeah. And then there's people who do it because it fuels yeah. them and benefits them in this like social aspect. No, yeah. I met a lot of weird kids doing that. Yeah. Um, very validly weird kids. <laughs> yeah, um, like in but, a good way. <laughs> well, right, um, weird in a great way. Um, yeah. But it's funny too. Well, first off, I think it's funny because in my school, speech and theater conflicted. So you really had to fight to do both in terms of we did like... It was all the same kids at my school, except there was always the handful of kids who were just like the really academic, like in all AP classes. And then they would do the categories like discussion and informative. Oh, yeah. And they didn't do theater, but they did speech. No, yeah. Otherwise, everybody was all the theater I know. I did a... We had one class on speech and it was required. Miss Danik, who I love. Uh, Shout out to Miss Danik. (laughs) I wonder if she listens to the pod. She probably doesn't, but I'll tell her too. She also taught an acting class, which was my first like formal acting class that I ended up taking two years later, my senior year. But it was funny too, because she said this to me and my older brother, Nick. She like wanted us to be on speech team because she was in charge of speech Mm. team. And she like fought for us too. And I was like, I'd rather do theater. And my brother was like, I'd rather... What was he doing at the time? Drugs? I don't know. <laughs> um, but <laughs> no, I think he was, he bowled for a while, which I think is funny. Just like a weird. When you said that I was like, oh, like a bowl? Like, for marijuana? <laughs> no, no, like the ball and the I know pins. nothing about drugs actually though, which is, <laughs> makes that even more um, funny. <laughs> but uh, I'm getting on a tangent, but I'll circle back. I think that's funny too, because I felt better on stage and theater than I did in speech class. Oh. Um, oh. In terms of being comfortable, because in speech class, maybe it was because I felt more like I had to be myself. As oh. to on a character. I literally the only speech the only speech where my hands didn't like shake because I had this terrible thing where my hands shake when Sometimes I'm like they still vulnerable. Do. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, the only speech where my hands didn't shake was when we had to pick a topic from a hat and write a persuasive speech, I guess was the category. Mine was about gay marriage. <gasps> really? Yeah, and I wasn't out of the closet yet. 
But that speech was so good. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I literally, I had this, I had so many good points, and I was so sassy during this speech. I was like, no, the sanctity of marriage, you know, for like, sort of young girl and her sugar daddy, or like a shotgun wedding when someone accidentally gets her pregnant. And I like, right, that's I was, so funny. But it's funny because afterwards they were like, that was a really good speech. And I remember my one friend Alec being like, yeah, it's like you are gay. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you were like, no, what? No. But, and now I am. I love Alec. I still talk to him and his girlfriend. I bet Morgan's listening hi morgan um <laughs> in my speech class no, we're just talking about speech here's the thing i love speech because <laughs> i'm so competitive and it's that, literally like oh, competitive you acting competitive. You're and so- that's <laughs> why i love speech team anyway but uh i did a speech in speech class because we had one speech where it was acting and it was just a monologue and mine was this monologue about how it's from the movie Changeling with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, and it's this guy, this younger boy, and he talks about, because it's about this, like, serial killer, and it's based <laughs> on a true story. And he, like, murdered all of these children, and then this boy helped him because he, like, used him to, like, lure in the other kids. Right. And so then I did this monologue that was just so morbid where he was like, and then I did it. I killed them. <laughs> and then everybody in class was like, oh my god. <laughs> my teacher was like, what was that? <laughs> and you know what? Nothing's changed. You know what? I, I did, still do shit like that. <laughs> I did speech in middle school. I did speech in middle school because it didn't conflict then. I did it for one year and me and Liam were partners for improv. And, oh, we um, have different categories we won, in Minnesota. And it I, I don't know. There's a high schooler somewhere who's like in speech and is probably ripping me to shreds on my lack of knowledge. But, uh, well, that's fine. I'm sir, also doing but, that. Um, <laughs> no, but I find that interesting because speech wasn't the same as theater for my school like it was Mm. or maybe it was and I just wasn't a part of it but like theater was a separate group yeah because only like one or two people did both and they had to like fight to do it Oh, interesting. Because of so many conflicts. That's unfortunate. Anyway, speech, why do you, we went on. Well, right. Now we're talking about like why people do theater and it starts mm-hmm. in high school. Why do you still like theater today? Why did you decide to go into it and why are you still oh, in it today? Oh, yes. Good question. Good question. Um, <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> well, as I'm sure I've talked about, I don't know. What have we talked about on this podcast? Um, I, get, I lose track. Um, the point still stands. Yeah, Say yeah, it yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> as I've mentioned, I come from a very athletic family. My siblings both were like D1 athletes Mm -hmm. in college and my dad is a college track coach and, you know, sports. And so then I started doing theater and I don't know what it was. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm gay. No, but I don't know what it was. No, but then as a lesbian, I should like sports. (laughs) Stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, But then I moved to Minnesota before eighth grade and I was like, you know what? I want to audition for my school's music because it was something that I always wanted to do because even when I did sports and was like a three-sport athlete, all of my friends at school were still the theater kids. Like I was always drawn to that crowd probably because we were all gay. And and so then I was like, oh, I'm going to audition for the musical. And I was like, I just felt like a small little role. And then I ended up getting like a pretty decent part. Um, Culture guys. guys. It's not nice. Stupid middle school musical. But then, um, (laughs) Doing that, I was like, oh, 
oh, this thing. Oh, fascinating. This is the thing. And I don't know what that is, but there's something that I was like, this, I, this. Yeah. I love this. And so then in high school, then I did like all the theater. And then I got involved with the Great River Shakespeare Festival. Oh, glorious. But um, so then I got involved with this professional Shakespeare Festival. And I was in like three of their shows. And right. I did a lot of their like youth stuff. And so then I was in these professional shows working with these professional actors and theater right. artists. And so then I was like, Oh, this is a job. <laughs> I can do this. Right. <laughs> you know, oh, and I awesome. was like, this is like a thing that I can yeah. do. And so that was what made me realize like, oh no, this is like what I want to do. Because before oh, that I wanted to be an OBGYN, which I've also talked about, which I think was just because I was a lesbian and had misdirected attraction to women. <gasps> but... <laughs> But so then I was like, oh, this is so cool. And so then I talked to all of those actors and I was like, oh, where did you guys do- go to school? Like, how, you know, how did you get into, the- into this? And, you know, then I auditioned for colleges and now here I am. Right. You sound like you went into theater for better reasons than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Well, I yeah. also will say it was the community. It's the community well, aspect for me. Yeah. And so it's I the think. the community for me. <laughs> and so, because community is probably like my strongest value as I've mentioned no and, i agree mine too uh, no i was ahead. just about to get competitive and be like oh really because i think i like it more <laughs> i was like um this is no, a fight and so yeah i was because i love the community that's so yeah it's definitely not why i got into yeah theater yeah tell, tell because me i i started theater i don't know why i did it in middle school i think it was I, something about it just sounded fun to me i didn't do the play in the fifth grade because i was like oh i don't know maybe i shouldn't and then i saw it and i was like oh i want to do that mm-hmm. um it was stupid it was so it was some like parody of like fairy tales because it was the fifth grade oh. and then the sixth grade the first play I was like, do i know what it is do you remember no that? he wrote it my oh the director god wrote it. It was that's called, terrible it was called jack and what's her name and the whole bit was that they couldn't find jill so they pulled a quote-unquote random girl from the audience who was like someone who got cast and then they went through all these fairy tales what i was in my sixth grade year was new hampshire smith which was a parody of Indiana That's Jones. That's terrible. That's I, disgusting. <laughs> and it was another one that he wrote. It was so fucking funny. It was so funny. Wow. I don't know if, if I read it again, if it'd still be funny, but it was so funny. So many people that after high school, I was like, I can't believe they did theater with me once. But oh, just, yeah. No, because it was like middle funny? school. Because we did this crazy show. I played this gangster named Armpit LaRue, and I had a fake mustache and a fake mustache cut in half for fake <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs> Have um, I seen a picture of that? You have. I was gonna and say. I'm holding this giant Nerf gun. Yeah. Because then, oh my god, I did two other stupid plays. I was just, not stupid. I did like a, they're stupid. They I did a parody, like they were, they were, I did a parody of High School Musical called High School Musical. And Spoofical, you were Ryan. Yeah. And I was Tyrone. And it's I, just why? Okay. And then I did another like fairy tale parody thing in the eighth grade. Anyway, high school is when I was like, oh, cool, theater. And then I got into musical theater. And here's this thing. I was very insecure and in the sense that like theater gave me validation, even when I was like pushed aside or didn't get the casting that I want or other little immature insecure things, I just was like, oh, I'll prove them wrong. I'm going to be really good and talented. Mm. And then I got this drive, which came from, in my opinion, really negative roots. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, I mean, I got better. I got to do a bunch of fun musicals and then I decided to do it as a career Mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm 
you know, going to do really good in this and I could do this. And I honestly did it because I loved the validation of it. Yeah. And it took kind of being crumbled and beat up in college. I know. I feel like then we get like, because in high school, it's like, oh my God, theater. And then you come to college and it's like, this is a career. And then they like punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and, then it's, and then it's again, this Which, might be like, a, it needs to happen. Well, because then this might be a good segue because then theater you know, majoring in theater in college was the most invalidating thing as a queer person that I had to like rethink my entire being around it. And I had some like life things happen. And I right. now I'm in the same place you are when I was like, I don't think I need to be on Broadway every single second. I think I just want to be oh, a part I'm never of the gonna community. Be on Broadway. Watch, watch me be on Broadway. That'd be so fucking funny. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm literally, but it's not my goal. No, right. You know? I just want to community and I love the Mm -hmm. people in theater more specifically adults in theater because sometimes younger people in theater especially musical theater can be very insecure and I'd love to talk which is is exactly what you were saying and the reason why you got into it it makes sense that there's a lot of (laughs) well and I think that's why I resent it so much is because I just like I see it still some people carry that insecurity Mm -hmm. all the way through college and then sometimes into their career yeah and musical theater culture is terrible yeah (laughs) I love musicals I love musical theater but the idea that so many insecure people like hate themselves, thinks everyone hates them, and then are really mean to well, other people. And well, like... and it's also this culture of needing to suck up to people, you yeah. know, and this idea of, like, you have to network, and it's like, it's, yeah, you have to network, but, like, be a fucking human being. It's really it. fake. There's Yeah, there's this weird, yeah, I don't know, musical the... theater specifically has a weird culture, yeah. and especially, like, a lot of big musical theater programs and stuff. They, it's, like, these cookie-cutter programs right. that push out all of the same sort of people and actors yeah and it's just it just doesn't feel like individual yeah. or like that there's identity attached well to it. and that and know. that people put their whole self-worth into musical theater and then when musical theater doesn't go their way which it you know won't because it, it won't because industry. that's just business <laughs> like, well, right but then theater. they then it, they blame themselves they hate themselves or like and then that spawns into when you see other people doing musical theater or being successful you can't be grateful and you can't support yeah. them that's why i don't like it it's because it's very fake and it's not to say that musical theater is inherently bad i love the escapism of it but that's why like the people that i've loved talking to are these like extremely blunt and honest people that are like you can't take that personally you're gonna yeah well and right and like because this job is mostly rejection like that's what we're signing up for if you can't handle rejection like maybe choose a different job and i'd like to argue that people that hold on to this forever don't face rejection as much that hold on to this insecurity and this idea of like validation because you know they work themselves to shit yeah and then they keep getting rewarded though so then they don't know they've never been rejected so then they don't know how to handle rejection they're really yeah they're really scared of failing because they've never experienced it they don't know that they can survive right and so i mean that's why i've decided i'm talented (laughs) right as opposed to someone else deciding that i am right well and that's another thing too like you have to be confident in order to be a good actor i mean i i truly believe believe that confidence is the secret or the key to good acting right because if you're not confident then you're just thinking about yourself because you're insecure and then you're not actually like in the scene with your partner trying to get what you want which is literally what acting well and it's so funny now because now i just think acting like the physical thing of doing it is just fun we were playing the board game life the other day (laughs) 
And we just made up these narratives. Oh my god, and we like created these characters and then we were like, we would break out into scenes (laughs) between our characters, like in between moves. Oh my god, it was so funny. We like switched salaries, there'd be like, you know, my art started to take off and now I'm making seventy thousand. And I was like, you know, and I I'm doing really well, and then I changed careers to be an athlete, and then I was like, you know, I just was my art was no longer fulfilling me, and I just you know, I started cycling to, to reduce stress and I was so good but, but it was <laughs> like, so fun it was so it was literally the fact that we were just acting like it's fun and that's the whole point of like if you don't like if you have fun what is the fucking expression if you're if you like what you're doing you'll never work a day in your life right because it's the whole yeah well and also if you again like this career it's it's like so much rejection and if you don't like it if you're not having fun doing this there's a lot easier jobs <laughs> no right and I don't even think people can be honest it, it like branches to where people aren't honest with others like ca- other actors other casting people mm-hmm. it ends up turning to where they're not even honest with themselves I right. think sometimes people don't even acknowledge when they are bitter or feel angry or right. sad and they don't even acknowledge when they're being insecure to work on it they don't realize where the root is you know and that's why I don't like talking to a lot of MTs my age being at like dance calls whenever yeah our college hosts so many auditions and obviously they didn't happen this year because the because the demi but uh (laughs) um but every time I'd have friends from other schools and they would introduce me to their friends and they were obviously fine and nice I could not hold a conversation with them. Well, it's interesting. At all. You know? Yeah. Well, and speaking of community, because I used to, I mean, I loved musical theater. I still do. Yeah. Um, and I hate it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because I was going to major in musical theater and I was going to audition for musical theater programs because I was like, you know, I mean, I was choir president. I was, you know, yeah. I sang a lot. And so I was like, oh, yes, musical theater. The reason why I auditioned for acting programs was because I was working at that Shakespeare festival. Right. And so then, like, talking to everybody there, they were all like, oh, no, you should be an acting major, which makes sense because, like, a Shakespeare festival. Well, right. <laughs> of course, like, they, they were all right. acting majors. <laughs> and so, um, but also, I'm really, really fucking grateful yeah. that I did because I think that that was a better path for me yeah because I do feel that I personally being who I am and that I I feel a stronger sense of community within the Shakespeare community <laughs> or like within more you know acting yeah film versus musical theater yeah and I even think I don't too, feel a song, strong sense of community personally yeah and it might also too be that you interact with a lot of older people some people that are like way far out of the college scene because i agree with you that like first off we go to the same program and it's really a glorified like i'm majoring in musical theater but it's a glorified acting program um, that's true we, like we yeah, have yeah. the same exact curriculum but i you know have voice but lessons you sing. but i sing right um and that's just how our school works but i think we all sing i think we all sing. <laughs> <laughs> um but i think it's but it could also be that you know the people you interact with in that community are like older or out of it i mean the, even the concept that the people that that's i true. vibe with here are people that are above the kind of like bullshit but then like the people that I really vibe with outside of this school are much older than I am are they're like at least in their late 20s you know that makes sense and even then not everyone that age you know like that's a good point because because I think too we've yeah I guess I've never been in like a professional music musical well and that's what again fingers crossed that that's the experience I have because right now (laughs) I'm just like 
I just yeah. feel like going to a theater program is like, especially as a queer person, can be so, um, so hard. Yeah, as, especially yeah, it really is like a non um, cis straight white person. Yeah, because the because it's literally you're or, being um, trained to or plus be size. right. You're being yeah. trained to be this conventional man or woman. Yeah. And there's some, you know, I'll just get into this because I want to talk about it. It's been so hard being queer in this acting program because we're taught to be straight and not even necessarily like verbally, like you, you look gay and like, that's not the character. It's the simple fact that the the roles that we have and the scenes that we do in class and in our seasons, um, the characters are heteronormative, are conventional. And again, mm-hmm. I'm just talking about sexuality because that's like our thing. Right. But um, this is true for... For people of for, color, for trans people. For plus size people. Yeah. For, you know, non-able-bodied people. Yeah, yeah, it's literally like to... Like I have to be taught to act like a straight person. Mm-hmm. And then there's straight people in the program the that just kind of like are already that and so they're rewarded a lot more but we're not doing shows with a lot of like flamboyant men or shows with unconventional men and again i'm just talking about my experience yeah and so i have to learn how to use like straight lingo and make it sound believable Mm -hmm. but they don't have to learn how to say like honey or queen or all this other stuff or even just the concept of them acting more flamboyant like it's you know we we work a lot harder and we, and we realize it now. Yeah, yeah, it is difficult that for some people, you know, because, like, if you're playing a role that is really close to who you are, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot easier to play that role. Yeah. Like, you don't have to put a lot of work into that because <laughs> right. it's just you, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and, yeah, when you're a more conventional person, like, that's the kind of roles that are available to you and those are the kind of roles that you're going to play versus yeah. for us like I haven't had a ton of opportunities to play like women period <laughs> yes, <laughs> who don't cross dress but um, <laughs> um yeah but that like I I don't I haven't had a lot of opportunities to play like lesbian characters right and so then it's like figuring out not just how to act but then like how to assimilate no to, yeah to this heteronormative idea yeah which We're... is yeah it's hard <laughs> well yeah and then sometimes i, I think it kind of goes under the radar that that's happening and it's... yeah especially in in like theater programs and schools yeah when it's like oh well we're training you how to act and you know you need the foundations and the the classics and then yeah. you know but we don't acknowledge that the classics are like all western white straight, yeah heteronormative well and even the concept of uh be, the most of my flamboyant nature is in how i talk and so I'm constantly told that I'm too big, both in, like, how I move and how I speak. Yes. Um, or that you need to, like, change your voice so you yeah. can play straight so right. you don't get roles. Yeah, I mean, I was told that I that if I just be myself, that I'm going to limit my casting and my career. Yeah. And that I need to be, you know, if I want to work more, I need to be more feminine. Yeah. So and like, yeah in, I'm a little upset. In part, um, it's, in part it's like... Yeah, I do have to, I would have to change myself to play those roles. But let's not pretend like those are the only roles and that's what acting is. No, and that's the thing that's frustrating you know, because like sure 
that like there is there validity to that statement yeah like if i was more feminine there would be more job opportunities for me right however like, you're not a bad actor because no. you're not feminine yes and then like there is like we also can't pretend that there aren't roles for me too right you know like because there definitely are no yeah and so you know and then also like if i'm going to try to be feminine that's already gonna be unnatural right yeah and so i'm gonna be trying to put that on and then like somebody else who is already feminine and already that character who doesn't have to work hard to try to be that thing is gonna walk into that audition and then they're gonna be like oh that's the character you know versus me trying to be feminine but like (laughs) not really being feminine and then i'm just gonna be so focused on that that then it's hard to think about my acting right it's like a whole character story study for a fucking audition versus like just being able to walk in the room and showcasing myself because then that's another thing with like auditions because you want to show that you can act but also you're you're there so you can show you as a person like they want to you know that's part of the thing like they want to see who they're going to work with right very true And so then like if i walk in as this totally different person than who i actually am then i get cast and then i walk into the room as myself and then they're like whoa who is this person that we cast (laughs) (laughs) i've not seen them before um and that's such a thing too there's and that goes back to the whole like toxic fake culture that i was talking about is that sometimes it's not just you playing that character like you have to work with people and honestly I think a lot of the reason why so many people, specifically MTs, but also just in general for acting, so many people struggle when they first start in this career because they're just trying so hard to get everyone to like them. Mm -hmm. But they don't realize, what I've realized is that if I'm just myself, the people, first off, more people will like me because I'm more genuine, but also the people that don't, I don't need in my life. No, that's true. And I don't need to work for them. Yeah. Right? And it's not even that they're going to like you or hate you from an audition, but in terms of, like, they at least know exactly who you are so they know if if they want you for this role. Yeah. And if they don't, it's not a hindrance on me because I was being my full self. Yeah. Right? Well, and also, I think about, I don't know, this whole idea, and again, like, we're we're young actors just getting our BFAs, (laughs) but, like, I mean, we're all talented, right? Yeah. Like, if you're a professional actor, like... You're talented. So talent has very little to do, to do with, with this. <laughs> like, and with casting. Yeah. Like, everybody who's auditioning, I would hope, is, <laughs> like, a talented actor. And so, you know, to then, like, not get a role and be like, it's because I'm not a good actor. Like, that's not true. It's because Everyone's maybe, a good actor. <laughs> right, right. Like, you didn't get the role because maybe, like, you know, there was something... I don't know, maybe it had to do with, like, what you looked like or with, you know, who got the other role. Maybe you weren't tall enough. And yeah. Like, you know, maybe, like, there's some, it's usually something out of your control. I even was, I so, ta- yeah, I talked to um, the director of, we did all state shows in Illinois, and junior year we did Rent and I wasn't in it. But then senior year we did Sweeney Todd and I was, and a lot of the kids were, like, already friends from the year prior and all this other stuff, but then I ended up in that friend group. I later talked to the director for Rent, and he was literally talking about all these different... Or, excuse me, he was talking to other students, and then they told me about it because they were really excited about it. He was saying how there was all these different puzzle pieces and different ways to put it together. And he was like, in this one scenario... these two ensemble members were Maureen and Joanne. And then in the one that we picked, it wasn't those two, but they were in the ensemble. And he was like, I wanted to cast Nate so bad, but it just didn't work in the puzzle. 
And obviously looking back on it now, that was a good show. Everyone in that show was really good. Like, it doesn't mean I'm not good. I was in the next one, you know? (laughs) No, yeah, and that's totally the thing. And then people, like, remember you and then, you know, will call you back for other things. That's such the narrative. Also that, um, I was talking about this today in a coaching where just, like, sometimes people, like, we hear all these guests come in about their success stories or their narratives and they're like, I just, like, started doing the grind where I just went to auditions for three, four years. Mm Mm-hmm. And nothing really big came from it until I uh, advocated for myself for the first time where I like, I like decided to reach out to this person I know and be like, I really want this part. Can I audition for you? Um, and then da, 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 and all this other stuff. And then I was like, why is it so mind boggling that when people like become themselves and advocate for themselves as opposed to just strolling into auditions and then feeling yeah. bad afterwards? Um why is that so surprising that that's when their breakthrough happens? You know? I know, right. And so I'm at a place, especially where I'm like, I'm just going to um, ask people to audition for them for projects that I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Also because they're projects I really want to do. Yeah. Like the worst they can say is no. Like, you know what? I've gotten so many no's and my life is the same. <laughs> yes. I'm still a little nobody who's about to graduate from college. You right. Know? <laughs> and that, yeah, we need to change how we talk about the community of theater. Also. Yeah, well, and also though... There's so many changes happening in the theater world right now, which oh, is absolutely. very, very good. Yes. And, you know, we're finally having these conversations and acknowledging this, like, toxic culture and right. this culture of racism within the theater community mm-hmm. and sexual harassment and yeah. all of these things. So I think, like, big changes are, are coming and people are starting to, you know, advocate and, you know, fight for the industry that they want. And I think that that is so good. Yeah. So. And it's. And I look forward, and especially because of the pandemic, uh, like, yeah. coming back, like, we're, we're kind of rebuilding an industry, right? Yeah. Because it's been closed for so long. It'll be really interesting to see how we rebuild it. So yeah, I, I really agree. look forward to that. Yeah. And I think that the stories that people want to see has changed. Or yes. maybe not that it's changed, but people are more vocal about it, and now the industry knows what people want to see. Mm -hmm. And objectively, again, Broadway is what people think about when we talk about the industry, and Broadway is so, like, commercial and money, and it's, like, it's for a specific audience, and that's kind of the outreach. Well, right, and because that's kind of the outreach. I say that every year there's a show in the Broadway season that, like, specifically reaches out to theater kids. Like, it was Jervin Hansen, it was Hamilton, it was Mean Girls, and it gets this widespread thing because it was on Broadway. Yeah. Well, because that's the other thing with bringing up audiences, that a lot of people who go see theater are, like, old, rich, white people. (laughs) Especially on Broadway, right? Well, yeah, and especially on Broadway and, like, regional theaters, you know? Yeah. Like, regional theaters here we were we ushered that theater we know what they look like <laughs> <laughs> and so then you know there's this pressure to pander to that audience but also i think that bringing in a new audience also Would also be, be good because new. it's also possible like we see that yeah. like you were saying with those shows right yeah but then um, all you know uh capitalism man and it's hard right so baby steps but we we acknowledge the baby steps yeah there's just good but, work happening regionally that we also need to acknowledge yeah well and i'm a big shakespeare girl well right and like they do shakespeare on broadway every once in a while yes we saw king lear oh it was so good it was exciting um yeah and i don't think it's inherently that shows on broadway are less art because it's like it's mainly escapism and mainly panders to like a rich white audience Mm -hmm. but i do think that 
there's theaters that have less of a budget but are still telling really good stories. I think about that with film, too, just for, like, a small tangent. Yes. That there's a lot of independent films that are telling great stories that are doing so well that just aren't but picked up and on Netflix. Yeah, and just don't have the same budget. Yeah. But, yeah. but even with streaming services, you know, like... There's Even that's an opportunity to to tell more diverse stories because it's more accessible. Yeah. Do you think theater is less important in terms of sharing these stories and representation and things like that because it doesn't hit as large of an audience? No. Cool. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, like, but... what do you mean by important? Well, I was kind of like how I talked away at the beginning I would of say, the like, theater in its nature is less accessible because you have to be able to physically buy tickets go. and physically go to the theater. Right. But, you know, like, not everybody's going to be able to see a Broadway show in their lifetime. Yeah. However, I still think that... It, it is still super important and it has such an influence over people and their ideas and the dominant culture and yeah you know i don't think theater will ever die because people want to see stories live um, oh yeah it's no. like a different i mean theater's been around forever it's and, never going but away. i think representation on like a small scale of like a regional theater that only hits a smaller community of people is just as important yes as a film on netflix that Yes. can be streamed anywhere in the world, right? Yeah. I was going to say, too, with musical theater, speaking of that. Yes. Um, because everybody, you know, because people love musical theater. Right. Because, like, of escapism and it's, you know, fun. Um, but. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what it is. Is that no, it's fun? Right? But then, with <laughs> if, that, if, if there's. If you think it's, uh, no, you're lying. It's fun. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but with that, then. I think in musical theater, like, people are hanging on to, like, golden age and to oh. these, these musicals that are sexist and racist and problematic, but, like, are classics or, you right. know, are this escapism and, like, old rich white people who right. see, see them love it. Right. And so then, like, we're continuing to produce this work that yeah. is super conventional and And we don't harmful, change it, And we don't change it. My favorite was when they did Oklahoma recently, yes. and they changed the shit out of it, and it yes. was great. And like, I think that's excellent. That's but you know, I think that's necessary. Another... Yes, necessary. When, when doing old fucking shows like that, yeah, you know. And so I think that's another frustration that I have with musical theater is because, in that sense, it feels further behind. Yeah, Where, like when thinking about musical theater. I'm also not a dancer, so but. that also affects, affects my ability to be in shows. But there's, like, maybe, like, three characters in the musical theater yeah. canon that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a role that I can definitely play. Oh, right, but it's just those three. And they're all right. in your book. <laughs> yes, and they're all in my book, and I sing their songs all the time. Um, yeah, and I, it's that thing of, like, I don't even think that musical theater, some people really shit on MTs all the time. They're like, uh, MTs. But, like, I don't even think that musical theater is a lesser art form in any way, shape, or form. I agree with you that it's just behind. Yes. We can do a revival of Oklahoma. We can do Mean Girls on Broadway. Escapism is fine. It's yes. fun. That's why people see it, and that's why musical theater makes so much more money 90% of the time. Yes. Because But just fun. because something is escapism doesn't mean it can't be progressive and diverse yeah. in the casting. Yeah. Right? I'd like, you know, it's, it's what we talk about representation in, like, kids' shows. You know, exactly. that show isn't, like... Had, had exactly. this giant moral to change people's perspective on things, but it just objectively, sometimes you see things that are progressive and it just like makes you think, oh, that's okay. Yes, subconsciously. Exactly. That's why representation is important. Yes. <laughs> Mic yeah, drop. Yeah. Um, and then there's Shakespeare. No. I just need no, to let's talk, talk about, about Shakespeare. Shakespeare. No, let's talk about Shakespeare. Um, because, really uh, like so, it. you know, there's musical theater and also like 
contemporary theater too. Yeah. Straight plays. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Not like... It's, <laughs> it's a pun. But so like when I see a musical, I'm like, oh my God, I love this show. It's so good. But, like, there's not really a role for me in it. Right. Right? And that's a thought that I have a lot. Or if I go see, like, a contemporary play, I'm like, oh, my God, I love this play. But, like, I wouldn't be in this show. Right. Um, But then there's Shakespeare. And whenever I see a Shakespeare play, I'm like, I could play every fucking one of those roles. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And I, I love Shakespeare because it is so old, but then it's rooted in these universal truths. But again, like Shakespeare also needs to be revamped where there's like, you know, anti-Semitic and racist things and blah, 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 blah. But then it's in the public domain. So you can change the text as much as you want. Right. And I, you know, and so like, there's so many things that you can do. And it's so fluid as far as like anyone can play any role except for like you know a white person shouldn't play Othello (laughs) like you know but like anyone can play any role and like you can tell so many different stories using Shakespeare as like the vehicle you know you can do all of these different concepts though and you can do so many different things with it yeah and even just the concept that we were talking about earlier in terms of playing ourselves and all this stuff I'm gonna give a shout out to Jason Spellbring who cast us in our first like real major roles here at school and it was in a Shakespeare play it was in Twelfth Night and we both got to play and I got to play Viola obviously Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) which was was... like a dream role though and like was so cool and I got to be Malvolio and I was you know flamboyant and it it felt very and I could bring myself to that character without someone telling me that I was wrong again well and especially because you know Shakespeare is rooted so much in universal truths then like I would argue that I mean there's so many different ways to play a character and there's so many different versions and that's why we keep producing it and they're all great and they're all good um well (laughs) well (laughs) I've seen bad Shakespeare (laughs) um but but, you know know there's so many different things and so like Brutus my Brutus (laughs) my my favorite (laughs) character yeah so like maybe Brutus could be this like middle-aged straight white man or like maybe brutus could be uh you know like a young lesbian how about that (laughs) no no but actually and it's right and you can still tell that story right yeah like it doesn't matter and i just think that's so cool also shakespeare i believe is inherently queer. Oh, yeah. Because Shakespeare was queer, and yeah. we know this. And you can't convince us otherwise. No, and I don't like it. Yes, when people argue that he wasn't, I'm like, but what if he was? I don't understand that. We know that, like, over a hundred of his sonnets were written to a man. Yeah. And some people are like, but they weren't lovers. Okay, whatever. <laughs> the, shall I compare thee to A Summer's Day? That was written for a man. Yeah. So which all which one's the gay sonnet? Oh, is like explicitly gay, where he's like, like you're so so beautiful you're like basically a woman but then you were made a man and like there's yeah. a dick joke in it and like it's so explicitly d- gay but i think anyway. that then shakespeare being a queer person i think his queerness is inherent in his work that's another thing i just don't believe that a straight man wrote those plays yeah. <laughs> especially like with 12th night and as you like it where it's very specifically is like fucking with gender yeah and then if you think about it so this is my little theory <laughs> i really like okay. <laughs> um, my little theory is that he wrote 12th night because at the time you know men were playing all of the roles when we right. can act in the plays and so in 12th night then it would be a man 
playing a woman playing a man. Yeah. Right? And then falling in love with a man. And so, in the, like, original production, it would have been a man in men's clothes. Yeah. Falling in love with another man in men's clothes. Yeah. And then in Twelfth Night, unlike As You Like It, she doesn't even change back into her women's clothes at the end. No. She just, like, stays in her boy clothes versus, like, and As You Like It, there's this whole big scene where she... Comes out in a wedding dress. Yes. She, like, comes out in a dress and is all like, oh, surprise, I'm a lady. But in Twelfth Night, that doesn't happen. She just finds her twin and then they're like, oh, my God. And then she's like, oh, actually, I'm a girl. And he's like, oh, cool. Well, we should get married then. And she's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> right? And so watching that, it would literally be two men on stage in love with each other. And that just makes uh, my heart happy. No, yeah. And that's how I came into this program hating Shakespeare because it just seemed like this old text that I didn't care about learning. And I was like, oh, whatever. I it also seems love, complicated. I love the language. No, it's, it's amazing. The, <laughs> I'm like, a big it's, nerd about scansion. Well, <laughs> I love me some scansion. Right. But it's, it's so fun to fuck with the words then because there's no one way to do it. It's exactly mm-hmm. what you said. And then also that goes really well into doing com- contemporary text you know with with a nuanced eye and right and also i was allowed to make big choices because shakespeare is big choices and like, right um, yeah and i also love you know speaking of community i really love the shakespeare community yeah. as well because yeah. it's just like a lot of people who are just like really nerdy about shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a lot of people who just like to talk about words right and uh, so you were just I in t- a very queer shakespeare show weren't you Oh my god, I was. Yeah. I was just in Macbeth, directed by Victoria Chauvin. Shout out. Um, and it was all women, wasn't it? Yes, it was uh, adaptation of Macbeth. And it was done in New York. I don't remember exactly at what theater. But it was an adaptation where all of the characters are played by women. And the idea is that it's a bunch of, like, Catholic schoolgirls who are coming together to this, like, empty lot after school and putting on this production of Macbeth together. Yeah. And then, of course, I was like, well... Because I played Macduff. And I was like, well, and of course, my schoolgirl is a closeted lesbian. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. Which, of course, like, then watching the play... Somebody isn't necessarily going to know that. I got some of it, not you, but I got like some of that from the queer subtext. Yeah, all the queer subtext throughout it. Yeah, and again, I, you know, I live by the motto if it can be gay, make it gay. Right. And so, (laughs) in Shakespeare, there's a lot of opportunities to make things gay. Yeah. So, Brutus and Cassius are in love. (laughs) So, that's all I have to say. End of story. Besides Shakespeare, besides Shakespeare, because we all know. We like Shakespeare, you especially. Yes. Um, what kind of theater do you like and do you hope to see? We talked about how... Gay theater. Well, <laughs> obviously. Well, here's the thing. So obviously. I like um, Shakespeare, again, because I don't feel limited by Shakespeare. Right. And so then for non-Shakespeare, for contemporary work, then I just love queer theater. Like, I just want to do so much queer theater and make so much queer art. I know. And there's so many good gay plays being written, you right. know? And that's another thing, that it, there's a lot of really great diverse plays being written all the time, but, you know, then they're just not as produced Yeah, they're as not as funded, things. they're not as, like, right. seen. Maybe I, some of your favorites. 
Yes, well, I'm always on the search for lesbian plays. Well, I'm going to recommend Cardboard Piano because it's one of the best plays I've ever read. (laughs) Um, But, oh, and then also, of course, the classic gay plays, right, of, like, The Normal Heart, Heart. Angels in America. Angels in America is objectively one of the best plays ever written, and you can't change my mind about that. It's literally so good. No, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I mean, there was so much art and theater that came out of the AIDS crisis, which, yeah. you know, that's important to acknowledge. Because there's so many gay people in theater. Right, there's so, so like the theater industry during the AIDS crisis was hit so hard and lost so many people. Yeah. And then, you know, so many of these people were artists and so then so much art was yeah. born out of this. That's why there's so many Broadway equity fights AIDS or like so many like oh, yeah. foundations through theater, through Broadway that are for HIV AIDS prevention mm-hmm. and research. Yes. Um, That's why. (laughs) That's history. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of beautiful plays, classic plays. I took a whole class about gay and lesbian theater (laughs) in my time in college. Yes. I took a gay and lesbian theater class and it was so good. I mean, we talked about like a lot of these things too, like why do gay people like theater, but then also looked at theater by queer people of color. Another thing is that there's a lot less lesbian representation in theater than there is gay representation same as like everything right (laughs) just more gay representation and again i think like if we think about the aids crisis and how much art came out of that i think that makes sense that like you know because because gay men were being affected by the aids crisis so then there's a lot of these stories about gay men and specifically about gay men in new york yeah right right. which which makes sense yeah but then there's a lot less big well-known lesbian plays i mean like if we look at musicals then like fun Fun home Home. (laughs) even that is so recent though no you know compared to like you know angels in america and the normal heart and these plays that were coming out of the 80s i know sharing queer stories and even think about like rent which is oh yeah the earliest thing i can think about with like a lesbian love story in it because then there's like last summer at bluefish cove right do you know what that is? No. Exactly. So, like, that that's, like, like go, the right. lesbian play. Yeah. And, like, nobody even knows what it is. Well, yeah, and it's you know? again... Oh, The Children's Hour? That was written in the 30s, and that's about lesbians, so that's actually pretty good. Although that's... people don't like The Children's Hour, I fucking love The Children's Hour, and I will defend it. Well, and because, again, I'm sure it's another one of those, you know, a play written in the 30s, wouldn't you know? um, About a lesbian, yeah, so it's not, like, good representation by today's standards. Right. But the fact that it was written in the 30s and there was a lesbian character, she kills herself in the end, spoiler. Um, <laughs> Bury your but, case. Yeah, but that like she is this lesbian character and isn't villainized. Yeah. Like she's actually a sympathetic character. Yeah. And so like I it's think that's important. huge, yeah. right? Extremely. And so I, I love the children's hour. Indecent, that's like the big play that everybody's talking about right now, which I would argue isn't a quote lesbian play. <laughs> It's a Personally, Jewish play with right, lesbians it's, it's in more, it. Yeah, because it's so much more about the Jewish faith and culture and, like, them as, you know, immigrants and right. like, all of these things. And then there are lesbians in it. Well, yeah, and it's not even, like, because then it's about this group of theater artists who are then putting on a lesbian play yeah. versus, like, right... And it's beautiful. Oh my God, is it such an amazing play? It's so good. It's so good. I got to see it and like, which is just sobbing at the end. Yeah. Like, it's such a beautiful play. But I guess I get frustrated when I'm like, oh, I'm looking for lesbian plays. And then people are like, have you read Indecent? And I'm like, yes, 
Of course I have. No, Who do you ha- think I am? <laughs> but also, like, yeah, but that's not really, it's not telling a story about a lesbian. Right. That happens a lot when I ask right. about gay plays, too. Because sometimes we're like, no, we're doing a gay thing. Look, there's a gay character over here. You know, I'm like, Right, that's not and a it's like, play. well, that's not about, like, it's not about the yeah, gay person. Yeah, I don't care if there's a gay couple, like, in the eighth scene. Like, I want, you know, like a queer play that... Focuses, focuses on the on life of a queer person. Queer, yeah, because otherwise it's like a story about a straight person featuring this gay stereotype over here. 90% of the time, right? Right. But yeah, I Again, mean, Indecent is a fucking phenomenal play. Well, right. But, and, I, well, and again, but, I would agree with you to where my favorite theater is also usually very, very queer. Or yeah. like, I resonate with on some level. Which makes sense. Which mm-hmm. is why, you know, it makes sense that the majority likes straight media. Whatever. Yeah. But I really like, obviously, I, you know, love The Normal Heart. I love the history. I love Angels in America. I love all this stuff. I recommended The Inheritance, which is a very new play that I absolutely love. I also like Good Boys and True. Oh, yeah. um, Which is such a good gay play because I love shit that talks about repressed homosexuality Mm. and how it turns into toxic masculinity. Yes. It's such a good play. Yes. Read Good Boys and True. I also really like, I find that I gravitate towards plays that are about sexuality and religion (laughs) i wonder why (laughs) um (laughs) but so like i'm really into that so finding any sort of place where those two things intersect i'm like super super into it no right there's lots out there there's plenty there there. is and you just have to search you know like but there's so many good plays i know um on that note m what is your gay recommendation this week? My recommendation is Cardboard Piano by Hansel Jung. And it's honestly probably like the best play I've ever read. Like, yeah. I was reading it and just cried, well, The Inheritance is also so good. <laughs> and that also made me sob. But it's so good. And it's about this lesbian relationship. And there's this girl who is the daughter of missionaries. And they are in Uganda. And they built a church there. Mm-hmm. And while she's there, she fell in love with this other girl who like lives in that village and they're both 16 but then there's like this civil war that's breaking out Mm -hmm. and so then Chris that's the one girl her parents are like oh we have to leave and go back to America but then she like wants to run away with her her wife because they have a little (laughs) wedding ceremony it's so cute and then like shit happens and then it's like crazy and like all of this stuff and then the second act is like 15 years later and then she comes back to the village and it's just so so good but it has this beautiful intersection between queerness and religion and culture and you know like all of these things and it's just so so beautiful it's so good named (laughs) what is your gay recommendation my gay recommendation is the view upstairs it is a musical that was in i think it was off broadway and then in london don't quote me on that but what it is is this uh, amazing musical it's queer most of the characters are queer and it's about this guy who buys this building he's in his like mid-20s and he opens this door in this raggedy old building and then he's transported back to 1973 when the building used to be a gay bar around the time when that gay bar was arsoned in a hate crime Mm. and it's this beautiful play the music is stylistically amazing there's so many good songs in there jeremy pope's on the recording i like listening to andy mantis sing that track too and then like nathan lee graham is in it oh i didn't know nathan lee graham was in it yeah oh my god (laughs) i know um webster love but it's another one of those things where it's like it's queer theater that you might not otherwise know about unless you heard it through a grapevine I encourage you all to go listen to the soundtrack. 
fact, that's what I'm going to recommend to you because, you know, I don't think there's a current production. There's no current production yeah. of anything right now. <laughs> yes. But please give it a listen. My favorite tracks are like Some Kind of Paradise, hashtag household name. The Waltz is a beautiful full narrative song. Taylor Frey sings it on the cast album. <gasps> it's great. Please go listen to it. Enjoy some queer theater. Nate, where can people find us? People can find us on Instagram at Podcast. There you can see all of our recommendations and you can DM us with ideas you have for the show or just say hello. I don't care. <laughs> you can also follow my personal Instagram at NateJig, N-A-T-E-J-I-G, and you can't follow M because her Instagram is That's private. That's true. I... You could go to my website, <laughs> mperkins.com, what if you want to see my headshot and resume. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> you can go to nate-garner.com if you'd like to stare at my headshot and resume. Um, you'll also see a link to this podcast. <laughs> Do you want to cast us in something? <laughs> from our theater episode (laughs) anyway be sure to follow this podcast so you're always there for new episodes and give us a five star review and until next time let's be artists let's be theatrical as always let's let's be gay gay. thank you guys so much (laughs) 